This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 586, recorded on October 5th, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful fall is on its way. I'm wearing a fleece quarter zip. I can't wait. It's probably still a little warm for that, but we post a show, some world-class show notes, and we'll have a bunch uh, tonight as we talk about these subjects. So if you're interested in anything we're talking about, you can pick them up out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Christian Johnson, who joined me two weeks ago, and uh, we talked a little bit about him working on his pilot's license as, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff some gadgets to go along with that. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, catch up to it. That would be 585. And, and of course, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. If you're finding value in the podcast and you want to give back, you can easily do it through Patreon. I think they've had, Bob, are you guys using Patreon at all? Do you guys have a Patreon? No, we do no. not. I always thought about it, but I never, I don't know. I just never set it up. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just never really. Yeah, no, that's right. You don't have yeah. to. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not a guilt thing. It's not a guilt. They just, they went through a massive overhaul over there, including now, I think, free plans. So I can set up a free plan for, for listeners who don't necessarily want to donate, but can get contacted and stay up to date with the community. Oh, nice. That's cool. Plus maybe, I'll, maybe I'll look into it again. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to be a, like a community hub. Yeah. And so it may be where before it was just for paid subscribers. Now you can have paid and unpaid folks and you can kind of keep track, like have newsletters and stuff through that. I think I need to check it out. But anyways, thank okay. big thanks to those who support us on Patreon. If you're interested in doing that and I'll be looking into that free plan and we might do some community stuff over there. Uh, check it out. The average slash Patreon. Well, you heard Bob already, but Bob and Ryan from thinkcomputers.org are with me. Gentlemen, welcome to back to Home Gadget Geeks. Always great to have you here. Of course, good to, be good here. to be here. Good, good to have you. And uh, we're we're gonna dig in a little bit right away. Well, first, uh, every time I have you on, I like to get a little bit of an update at what's going on with your podcast, and and what what have you guys been covering. What what kind of things? If you were kind of give a highlight uh, of some stuff that you really like talking about on on your podcast, what what would that be? Oh well, we did we did talk about it. Our podcast is usually on Wednesdays, so we we talked about it last night. But we're in the in the tech uh, sphere, I feel like we're kind of just in this like lull of like there's not a whole lot of big launches really coming that that are super excited. You know, something that is super uh, you know you're not really all that excited about, and all the big launches are over for the year for the most part. Um, lots of, I mean, there are some like new cases and some other things like that. Um, lots of really cool gaming accessories and things, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we talked about it. We're not all that excited about new hardware just because yeah, launch season is, is done yeah. for the most part. What about, uh, Ryan, what about Thanksgiving, you know, Black Friday? I know I was on your show yep. at one point. We're doing, talking about that. Are you guys gearing up for that then? Is that kind of the next thing to look forward to? Yeah, personally, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I'm yeah. getting ready to make a couple purchases for my system. And so, you know, I'm looking at, hey, what GPUs are going to maybe go on sale um, and a couple other components. So that's something we're really looking forward to. And then, you know, obviously leading up to holiday season, we got right after that Cyber Monday. 
Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm excited for. And then right afterwards, CES and all of that. But I, I brought up last night where, you know, yeah, it might be kind of boring right now, but just think back like two years ago and hardware right now is so available and what we're considering to be affordable when two, two and a half years ago, we were just like begging for affordable or available hardware and how much that's changed since the middle of, you know, the, the pandemic in the early 2020. So um, that's, that's the part that I was excited about, right. Is that there is availability and it's affordable and you can get stuff by just walking into a store or going online and finding it in stock. There is a chance 2024 could be a pretty challenging year financially for, for the United States. Maybe a a global recession is going to be in order here. Bob, as you think about what that means, I know some companies are starting to brace for that already. Are you guys in, in the work that you do? And as you think about the trends and who's releasing what, do you get any sense from the releases that there's a, a fear of, of not as much cash being in the economy to spend on these things. Do you get that feeling at all? Slightly. I I think that at least in the, like the GPU and kind of CPU space, we see a lot of companies just kind of just playing it safe. Um, And really like segmenting their products for each price point. So they have a product at that specific price point, um, which wasn't always the case, especially when it comes to graphics cards. Um, and it's just not a ton of innovation. And when you take money out of the economy, you get less innovation. Yeah. Um, so we're just not seeing as much. I wouldn't say that companies, I mean, they're still coming out with products. Um, you know, they're not necessarily not making new products, but I think a lot of companies are very much playing it safe yeah. um, when it comes to the products that they are releasing. And they're not going above and beyond. Like, for instance, NVIDIA, every graphics card release on the high end, they would release, like, we just saw the 4090, and then they would release a 4090 Ti, like the highest, it's the best card out there. This this time, they're not doing a 4090 Ti. They announced that they're not, which is, again, playing it safe because their margins on the, on that card aren't great. And the amount of people that are going to buy the most expensive consumer available card is not a lot. So they're playing it safe to, you know, on that specific uh, product. So yeah. you see it a little bit. Um, I mean, we've been hearing about this recession for a while. So. <laughs> it has been yeah. a little bit of crying wolf. And I, and I think, you know, at, for a while, everybody was like, um, we may skip it. I was hearing that back in the summer. You yeah. know, like, well, <laughs> we may skip this. I know we said this is going to happen, but maybe this will, maybe everything will be okay. That tone has changed in the last yeah. couple of I think a lot of people are just like, they have, you know, in the summer, they still had, uh, you know, available credit card uh, oh, yeah, balance, yeah. you know, debt. Yeah. And that like that, that, I saw a thing where like the credit card debt in the country has just gone like skyrocketed. Um, and they're out of available funds, you know, so now they are going to have to cut back and not spend as much and not, you know, splurge on certain, uh, items. So I think that's probably what's coming in 2024. Yeah. Well, there was some question, student loans started again in October. That that too. Yeah. So $4 trillion worth of, of debt out there that begins to get serviced. And that's another one of those things you, I haven't been following the credit card balances, I was thinking credit the student loans would start first and then credit card balances would begin to climb. 
if they're already there, yeah. then student loans start. Christmas could be, and Ryan, I'm going to throw this question to you. You just mentioned you're kind of excited about buying some things. I think you're kind of yeah. waiting for the Black Friday deals and such. Yep. Does that, do you hesitate at all on that? Of thinking like, uh, do I really need it? Or <laughs> we may see some of the best, to be honest, for those who have cash. We might see some of the best deals we've ever seen on stuff as folks try to li liquidate right. ahead of something like this. Any interpretation for you thinking about I that? mean, it's, it's always in the back of my mind, obviously. Um, but I try to be a pretty logical person with, with those purchases and, you know, think ahead of, yeah, here's, you know, responsibilities. The things that I would be buying for this are not necessities, right? I may lean towards them more because, you know, being involved with Bob and think computers and just this industry, I'm going to lean more towards maybe making those purchases mm -hmm. to, you know, support keeping this up and going, but I may step back from like other vanity things like, okay, I'm not going to buy any comics this month or whatever the case may be. Right. I'm going to pull back on those things. So yeah, it's, it's definitely there in the back of my mind. Um, but just trying to be smart about those purchases just in general in life, I'm not too okay. concerned about it, but yeah. overall in general, yeah, it's, it's concerning. Um, but yeah. T Tony mentions in chat, he says, and so many new phones announced, <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, listen, I was in that with the iPhone 15 coming out. I I have an iPhone 12 and this is going to be the last generation. What are you, what are you showing, Bob? What, what are you doing? Uh, iPhone 15 Pro. Okay. All right. So it. you yeah. got it. You, you but I was, I was, I was, I don't upgrade every generation. I was on a 12 Pro um, and they gave, they, uh, I'm with AT&T and they gave me for my 12 Pro, they gave me $800 oh. towards the new phone. So yeah. yes. it made a lot of it sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But if, if that wasn't the case, my 12 Pro was actually, I really didn't have any issues with it beyond just storage. Um, cause I shoot like video on it in 4k, but, um, yeah, lots of, lots of, everybody's announced new phones. Um, you know, right, right in the time where people are gearing up to spend money for the holidays. So yeah. I think it's, per it's yeah. perfect for them. Yeah. No. Well, and for me, like the 12, I have just the 12 and it was 250 on trade-in. And I was looking, I thought, well, maybe this is the time to go to the pro. And, and, and then I thought, I, I think, you know, my phone's working great. Yeah. And we're, we're, with what we were just talking about with the potential, you know, some potential difficulties coming up next year, I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm just going to hold on to it for now. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to tag on an extra expense to that. That was one thing. You know, I think two years ago, I bought the Mac Mini from a replacing computer. Last year, you guys helped me build uh, this this AMD with a you know with the with a um, uh, with a nice GPU in it. And I thought, you know what? I think I can skip this year. You know, I don't I don't know if I necessarily need to replace many things. I bought enough last year that that system's working great right now. I think I'm going to be able to slide into it. I wonder, you know, others thinking about these things a phone purchase might be in someone's future, but they may hold off on that. Like I do, they may go with it. There's great trade in deals, right? I mean, you, you took yeah. advantage of one um, as well. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, I, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out this fall. I think if you start watching, well, I said Christmas, but we may know by black Friday, how sales are going, you know, uh, and who's taking advantage of what. Any if you look at Amazon, like they already had Prime Day, but they're doing another Prime Day this month. Yeah. And if you're a Prime member, they've sent out some of the deals already, and they're actually really, really good, like pretty heavy discounts. So it's like, yeah. 
they're obviously trying to move product if they're doing two prime days in one year. And then you also have all the black Friday deals that are going to come out on cyber Monday, as Ryan said. Um, so yeah, I think they probably see a trend of less people spending money. I, I you know, yeah, yeah they'd see um, it for sure. Yeah. They, they, they and Walmart and target here in the United States yeah. would probably see those trends happening pretty quickly with Way such a high volume. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is just high volume, which doesn't, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't think about that second prime day. They acted like it was just a thing they'd always planned on doing. Like, oh, yeah. hey, look, another, op- if you missed it, another opportunity. Hadn't really thought about it in the sense of, you know, we better, we better clear some of this stuff out of our warehouses. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> that's know? the thing space. is that people mm-hmm. are being kind of, you know, they're not spending as much and Amazon can see that. And that's just a way for them to, you know, move product. Yeah. Couple uh, comments coming in from the chat. Uh, Brian says, he says, I think I'll wait one more year to upgrade my 13 mini. That might be good. You probably, I know with my 12, I'm probably on the last year to get a really good trade in on it. Otherwise I need to run it to dust and just buy it new. Uh, probably going with that. Um, uh, Tony says he could write a book on his phone fables as of late. Uh, doing that. John says, I'll replace my phone every two years. I grab the Pixel 8 Pro today. Nice. And I think there's a lot of folks um, on that two-year cycle, right? Joe says, I think I'm going to order the Pixel 8 Pro for myself and my wife. Google's offering $325 trade-in for our sixes. And I, and I think, to be honest, getting out ahead, if we are going to be heading into a major recession, and you can pay those things off, like good trade-in, pay them off now, have them not carrying extra money on your, on your plan. I think that's a good preemptive strike to this. Get it, get a phone, get through the recession, maybe a year, two or three. And I think that's, I think maybe what we were talking about is too, is like, at least for me, I thought the trade-in deals were really good too, compared to what they've been in the past. Um, I don't remember when I, because I had an iPhone X, and I trade. I, I traded that in for my twelve. I don't remember getting a whole lot of money for it, um, but with my twelve Pro, I got a lot. And that, and I heard T-Mobile was offering a thousand dollars. Yeah, trade-in. well, depends. Depends what it is. And yeah, the thirteens are getting six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred yeah. in there, and and they've got some. T-Mobile's doing also some weird things where they only give you the big trade in if you're on their big plans. Ah, gotcha. So they're like, if you're on, like I'm on their unlimited freedom plan, which is not, not cheap by any measure, but it's, it's their lower end plan. And, uh, they're like, yeah, 250. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, maybe I'll hold on. It's working really, really well. And, uh, and maybe I'll run, I'll kind of run that thing, you know, kind of run that thing to dust. So, well, one of the things I didn't get away with is, uh, uh, my wife's changing jobs and she's going to need a new laptop. And so uh, we've, at Gallup, we've switched from Lenovo back to Dell. And so there's some incentive to do that. And to be honest with you, they're all pretty similar. Yeah. So I went, I went over to Dell last night, picked up a, for like 750 I picked up a Core i7. Couldn't tell you the, couldn't tell you the chip. I'm sure it's some mobile chip of some kind, but it's the yeah. 13th gen. Comes with 16 gig of RAM. I was thinking about putting 32 in there, and I thought, no, she's 16 should be fine for what she's doing. I can always upgrade yep. it. Those Dells are pretty easy to upgrade. 
But I saw on your site the 14th gen stuff got leaked. Is that is that right? I'll show that on screen as you're talking. Yeah. About. Yeah, we had uh, a foreign, an Asian market um, preview of 14th gen, and we were t- yeah we talked about this last night about uh, some of those kind of the the processors that we I guess consider to be the what what would you call them, Bob? As far as like they're always Just, the ones that enthusiasts are gonna go for like the you know yeah, the 14900 the, yeah they're the standard for for desktop cpus these would mm-hmm. be the standard what you're gonna get so you're at the high end you get uh core i9 14900k in the middle you get the core i7 14700k and then in the it's still i would still call it very much middle but in the middle or at the bottom you'll get the core i5 14600k um, and pretty much all the details about these processors have now been leaked. Um, so we have all of the core counts. We have their uh, max boost speeds and their default uh, speeds as well. So, um, but the, the comparing 13th gen to 14th gen, this is just a refresh. So the architecture is still the same, but you're going to get uh, better efficiency and you're going to get better. Um, uh, what's it called? You're going to get a, uh, faster speed so 200 megahertz bump in overall speeds on each processor which is kind of what we expect sometimes we get 100 megahertz with 200 megahertz which is nice um they're going to be more efficient and they will have a better memory controller as well so if you want to run really fast ddr5 you can go ahead and do that with it with those processors do they when are they due out uh later this month it's the the expected release date is the 17th ryan i cut you off what were you gonna say oh that's all right i think i was just thinking the wattage savings we were getting on that top end wasn't it like down from 160 to 120 is that 150 to 125 okay yeah i knew it was right around there so yeah the savings you're going to get on that power is you know translates again when we're going into maybe spending more or not having as much of that disposable income you know that wattage savings if you're using it a lot and it's on all the time, it can add up. You guys talked me into going AMD when I was doing this last year. I haven't, you know, you do, you buy that stuff. And then I've totally stopped keeping track <laughs> of any of those. Where's AMD in this mix? As, as we look at these, will it, I'm assuming AMD will respond with some of their own kind of stuff coming out. But, but where are they at in this space? We haven't heard all that much. And I think AMD is kind of taking the older approach where they kind of know their their user. They they released their uh, seventh out Ryzen seven thousand series, which seems like forever ago, but it wasn't all that long ago. Yep. Um, that's still very competitive in the marketplace. Um, you can build a great system with you know even the generation before that, which was Ryzen five thousand. You can build a great system with any of those. Um, processors you know so um and i don't know know they're not we haven't heard much for the next generation of ryzen really at all um and typically just like with this story it's a leak you know typically we see leaks but i wouldn't expect to see anything from them till next year as far as processor goes yeah and they were they did a little different amd did they released like their x 3d parts so you know earlier than we saw them in the 5000 series because like i have a 5800X3D, right? That was a part that they released later on in the 5000 series lifespan where as we got those 
X3D parts early on in the 7000 series. So there's still possibility for some new stuff and a refresh to come along. But like Bob said, yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot regarding that. I was surprised when I went to buy the laptop, I got a slick deal alert and, you know, it was, uh, you know, for 750, I got that i7 mobile chip, 16 gig of RAM DDR5, uh, uh, M.2, you know, NVMe terabyte of hard drive space, uh, you know, all, and then the rest of that stuff, a 17 inch or 16 inch screen, uh, which I wanted to get her uh, one, no, no touch, but I didn't really want her to have touch anyway. She doesn't, she doesn't want to touch her screen as it is. 750 out the door seemed like a pretty good deal to me, right? I mean, it's one of those kind of deals where it was twelve ninety nine and they're like five hundred dollars off, and you know that's a sham. Yeah. Did, did <laughs> I? Did I? Did, yeah. Did I do okay in that? Do you think I did I, okay? I, I think I would assume you, if it's the i seven, you would have got like the thirteen sixty p, which is a great mm-hmm. processor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that is a good price. I don't know the rest of the specs and everything like that, but the things when it comes to a laptop, especially for like a more general general user, well, I mean, obviously processors important, but if you're a general user, you're really not going to be using all of the cores and the threads and stuff like that. And it it mainly comes down to you know that NVMe drive is going to be really fast, so her boot up times and loading applications is going to be very fast. And then it comes down to the RAM. So 16 gigabytes of RAM for most people is going to be really good unless she has like a hundred tabs open in Chrome or something like that. Um, So those are the two things you really want to look at. Um, And I think, you know, again, for 750, it is a 13th gen as well. And the i7, I think you did, you got a pretty good deal there. I'll throw the the specs in chat there. So 13th gen. Oh, 13th 700H. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, any I don't I you know I I didn't usually I spend a ton of time looking into these things and figuring stuff out and this I was like okay this is what I wanted to spend this look looks like it's going to do what it's going to do for we've got a relationship with Dell I got some you know I got a free shipping and another ten percent off for some of those kinds of things so that brought the price down I don't know seem seem like I think it'll work for her I. I if there's if I were to do it again, I was looking at the and I didn't realize this. I was looking to try and get 32 gig on it just from the start, so it'd be done, right? Just like whenever I have to worry about upgrading it, some of those kinds of things. And I noticed on Amazon, like there's tons of companies now that are buying these things with 16 gig. Then they're opening the box, upgrading them to 32 gig, and reselling them. And they they stayed on there. You're gonna the box is gonna be open, but we've opened it to upgrade. And that just I don't know that didn't sit really well with me. But should I have maybe considered it? Have you seen? Uh, I I personally wouldn't. And I mean I I you know we're a Dell shop in my day job, and a lot of times when you're going through and configuring like some of those standard configurations or you're doing a build online you go from that eight gigs to 16 or 16 to 32 and you see the price associated with it. And you're like, are you kidding me? I know what it takes. I know what that stick costs and I know what it takes to put it in there. And it's not worth that. So I think you might be getting, you know, that a little bit of extra savings, maybe going with those companies on there to say, all right, we'll, we'll get you the 32 gigs. It may not be the same quality of memory, um, that you're going to get maybe with Dell, right? They may pull it out or put in a cheaper stick with, you know, worse timings or something, but you're going to, we're going to give it to you for a little bit cheaper and their margins are so slim 
but they sell so many of them that it makes sense for them. So I personally probably wouldn't just, I don't want that middleman in between. Yeah. It seemed weird. Bob, would you add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't either. I like to get it directly from, you know, Dell or Lenovo or any of those. And you do have to watch too. And you might want to watch with your laptop as well. Um, all these new laptops, the memory is soldered on, so you can't upgrade it down the line. Um, you know, and, so that's that's, that's something you definitely need to watch out with because you think, oh, you know, I'll get it with 16 and then in a couple of years I'll upgrade it. But a lot of these you yeah. can't you can't upgrade. If, um, and if they, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. Sorry. Keep cutting you off. Uh, yeah. If there's if they're soldered on that, that stinks um, or they'll put them in a configuration where it's 16 gigs, but it's a single 16 gig stick. So when you do go to upgrade or they've, you know, they've configured it in a way that you have to buy two new sticks to get to the capacity yeah. that you want. Yeah. And, and, and I, sometimes I if they've only put that one stick in, you're not actually getting the full benefit of dual channel memory. Right. right. And you could actually be getting better performance with the same amount of capacity if they would have just stuck two sticks in there. Yeah. So. I threw that configuration in the chat as well. So 16 gig, it is two, eight gig sticks, 4,800 megahertz. Uh, LP DDRS five, and it's it, it says onboard. So I don't like I don't know what what that means. Like I've never seen. Yeah, I haven't I looked at like a Dell listing in a long time. I know that yeah. the Len- yeah. Lenovo is like very specific. It will say soldered like on their product page. So yeah, yeah. Um, I would assume Dell would do the same thing because I could just see a lawsuit coming <laughs> coming out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and it, I'm assuming at this point it's pulling the two eight two eights out, putting two sixteens in there. If I want to, so I'm replacing the whole thing. I'm not adding. Yeah, it. right. Right. I'll re, I'll be replacing the 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 memory. I think I'm gonna let her get it, have her use it for a year, see how it operates. You know, she'll be on Windows 11 for sure, and just kind of get get the get, see. She's just you know she's doing a lot of web stuff, so it's gonna be. I have a feeling you know that should be fine to get her going. I didn't want her. I didn't want to get. I've always made the mistake in the past of getting the processor too small. So going with a Core i three, you know, on those, yeah, and then you just always regret that decision. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, that that's a lot hard. harder to swap out uh, than yeah, memory and, and all. SSDs right. yeah. <laughs> if you even get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to get that in. Well, it got it got me thinking about that, and and I'm assuming with on the Intel refresh, then back to the 14th gen. Anybody thinking about buying or building is, is going to wait, right, Bob? I mean, we would wait till these. At this point, they leaked the specs. Prices, I assuming, haven't been leaked yet, but we're waiting till those 14th gen comes out. Yeah, I mean, I think out. that. It, it, I mean, this is for desktop too, so it's not you're not going right, to um, right. see that on the laptop side. But for desktop, we already know the expected release date, which is in a couple weeks. Um, I would wait. And the thing is, too, even if you were looking at 13th gen, when the 14th gen comes out, those prices of the 13th gen are going to go down. Maybe not a lot, but they're going to go down a little bit. So if you're kind of deciding between the two, you know, you might be able to save some money in the 13th gen as well when that launches. So, okay. Ooh. And that may be in time for some Black Friday deals, too. Where you see yeah. those, probably something to watch out for on those as they come out. There's going to be a window in there, right? And you're going to yeah. maybe want to take advantage of that window. Uh, Joe had jumped in chat, said he missed the brand and model. So Dell Inspiron 16 plus 7630, if you're following along uh, in chat and you want to look that kind of. 
it, listen, guys, it'd been a long time since I had bought a computer from Dell, HP, Lenovo. I mean, I've built everything. I haven't bought my a laptop in, I don't know, 10 years, maybe? I think it's wow. so, so long. I could log in with my account at Dell, but <laughs> there were no records. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> they know like, about you anymore. Yeah, yeah. We we took all that. Like my we, um, you know. my first ever laptop I ever had was a Dell. Uh, mm-hmm. XP Dell XPS thirteen, and it was like the original OG one that had like the GeForce graphics card in it, and it was like decently thick and everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I I had there was a while there with the kids and such where we were buying laptops for school and some of those kinds of things, and we got some pretty good discounts from Dell through work, and so that's I, I, it seemed like I was buying stuff from them pretty frequently, but I just haven't. I I, I tell you what, we we have a buyback program at work with our laptops where after they come off of warranty and we get issued a new one, we can buy the the warranty one for a pretty good pretty good price. Last couple laptops I've purchased off that program. So it's been I haven't necessarily had to go after, you know, new I haven't needed new ones either. So it was a whole the the whole Dell website. It's strikingly similar like when you get in there you're like, "Huh, this kind of looks like it did 10 years ago <laughs> yeah but what i think way more helpful like i think they maybe they've learned some things they don't throw as much of the spamware stuff at you you don't see that as much know. i think there was like Thankfully. a big i think there was a big class action lawsuit about some of that stuff too with a bunch of the brands yeah. Yeah. All the with like, yeah a lot of the blower you'll get like one or two little apps or something like that but they don't put a ton of stuff on there anymore you get some you get yeah i'll remove most of it driver utilities and stuff put put what i need on there (laughs) and uh, i think she'll be working from home so it'll it'll be it'd be easy to kind of keep track of that um one of the things and you guys another another story on your site and what i think is a lot of the folks that listen to this show follow a lot of or have done is using the well and it was an intel nook right and this was announced mm-hmm. i think early in the year late last year right that asus would be taking on that business yeah kind of taking it from intel and building it do you guys bob do you get any sense from that like do you think asus a lot of the listeners of this have bought those in the past they've used them for routers they've made little home servers out of them some of those kinds of things do you get the feeling Asus is going to be a good steward of this brand as it cuts well, over? The th- here's a, it's, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, Intel has been in a place where they need to sell off their unprofitable arms of their business. And it's a lot of that's being led by the shareholders. And over the past couple of years, they've changed CEOs so many times and it hasn't been looking great for them overall. So they're trying to get rid of these businesses. They've sold I don't know how many different businesses that like that they've sold off. Um, maybe they couldn't make the NUC as successful being that they're such a large company, right? Um, Asus obviously is a company that's very PC focused. They, they do have some other things that they make, but they're very PC and the, their laptops, their laptop division's massive. Obviously, they're one of the biggest graphics card makers out there, motherboard makers as well. So they're very PC focused. So I think them taking this over, if anybody was to, you could see 
I could see like an HP or somebody buying the business as well, but it is pretty interesting that Asus did buy it. Um, and I think that they'll, they'll do something with it. They'll do something that at least gets people somewhat excited about. That's a problem with Intel too, is that beyond their, you know, enthusiast based processors, they don't get people excited about their products because it's a big corporation, right? And you need, you know, you think of a big corporation and it's just boring, you know? So, I mean, the Intel NUX, especially like the, the high performance ones that we have seen that can run games and do all that, the technology is incredibly cool and unique and it's, it's awesome, but nobody knows about it. I mean, not the normal person doesn't know about it. Even the NUX, a lot of people don't even know that they exist. So I think with Asus and obviously what Asus has done with, you know, all of their products, making them like the cool product and yeah. really PR campaigns behind all of that. I think that they can take the knock forward and not only just for like enthusiasts like us, but just for like the average person. And uh, yeah, I, th I think if anybody was to do it, it would probably be them out of all the companies that are out there. Do you think we're going to see a tough knock out there? That would, right be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, I don't or strict, I, I, ROG Strix version or something. I, I do <laughs> think the the they'll they'll sell volume in more of biz, business settings with the NUC. But now that they own it, um you can see some, you know, we could see a ROG NUC something in the future or you know, they could all the tech that's there that they could put that into other Asus products as well, right? So make it a business where you're yeah, majority of it is going to you know to businesses and and things like that and then you could use some of that tech to to come out with like a really cool product for the enthusiast as well yeah that business is kicking off here september 1st so as we record this it's october first of october or so so they've been doing this a month or so ryan any thoughts as you think this bob i totally agree with you I, it sounds way cooler to say an asus nuc than an intel nuc you think intel <laughs> nuc is that some kind of utility thing that you yeah. use? But if you right. put Asus in front of it, you're like, oh, I, I might be able to get this. Game could be cool. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think the only company I would have that, that pops to mind, uh, kind of in the genre of Asus, would have maybe been Gigabyte, but they've already kind of been doing their thing for a while with their, I think they were called their Bricks systems, where they were and like, those, those, are, mini those PCs. were based on. The Intel. Ex oh, exactly. Yeah. So that would have been maybe my other thought of who it could have potentially gone to or may have been interested. I think Asus is fine with it. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that that's really small form factor PC. Um, I don't know where it would have landed otherwise, yeah. you know, on the chopping block. HP, like Bob said, maybe. I don't see Dell going with it. They've got some other, you know, form factors where they're putting PCs in like monitor stands and they're like component based so you can pop that piece out and swap it back in and you don't have to get rid of the monitor the, or the whole they thing. They have a so, micro version too that same same form. Abs factor. Absolutely. So they've kind of got their version already. Asus is big enough that they can take this on and you know they've come into the mobile gaming space this year with their um their handheld their ally. Um so maybe it's just another spot they're looking to get into and can like I said maybe push towards that ROG model of it and capture an old, another game of group of, uh, you know, customers yeah. Yeah. with these. Intel, of course, is trying to get into the GPU space with, with, with what <laughs> yeah. they're doing. 
Asus picking up the Intel Nook, do you think there could be a partnership with NVIDIA that would allow them to jam some more? I mean, especially as we think of this AI stuff coming along with it, the AI chips, uh, the enabled chips for them with the CPUs. Does Bob, in any work that you see, is there any hint that this may open the door for them to partner better with NVIDIA to get to get um, that kind of those kind of chips in these boxes? Um, I, the thing about the NUX is it's all about the spec, and when they spec it, it's like nobody can make a NUX with something else per se. And even Intel on their high performance NUX, they like put an NVIDIA graphics card in them. Oh, did they? Before, okay. yeah, it wasn't like a thing. Now maybe that's that could be another reason why they might have you know gotten out of this because they want to you know they're the thing about their graphics cards at least currently they're not high performance so they're not going to put one of those in say a is say something like a high performance nux so um but yeah i mean it, it kind of opens it up now too to kind of whatever asus wants to do with it you know um and we'll just see kind of how it goes down the line i mean coming like ces in january We'll, we'll definitely be visiting with Asus and we'll kind of see if they have anything to that effect. Do you, I, I think I also saw um, that Intel released a version of their GPU, like a, it's like 109 bucks. Was yes. that, did I get that right? Yeah. Is, is that like, does it even do anything at a hundred at $109? I mean, it, it does. It, it puts us, puts a, display on your monitor on your screen yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that that part was originally designed for oems so somebody to put in a very low cost desktop um and uh sparkle which uh is somebody who makes intel-based graphics cards they decided to sell it as a standalone it's not for gaming or anything like that per se it's just to make a very inexpensive desktop that can display youtube and you know, those well, you, get, you get additional display outputs as well. Yeah. Right? So multi-monitors is a little easier with, you know, the Dells that I buy at work, they've got two display ports on them, right? But if I've got someone that needs a third display and maybe I don't want a daisy chain or something like that, need a little more horsepower for a bigger setup, that's an option with these as well. Last year, you guys t- talked me into an AMD board, AMD chip. It didn't have a video it didn't have a video integrated video graphics on the board when i bought that because the chip is the and i forget the i i, I should know the number ryan you remember the number of the I think chip you bought but, a 5600x didn't you yeah, yeah the x and the x means no graphics right yes. at that point if i say i didn't want to buy a gaming card would this be a good card to go with for a situation like that where maybe i'm picking up a a CPU and a board that does that doesn't have graphics associated mm-hmm. with it. And I just want to run a couple monitors, maybe not the 10 that I run here, but <laughs> would that, would that, would that be a good buy? Do you think at 109? I mean, I don't know the exact specs of that card, but again, if you're not really doing anything, you're running a couple monitors, 1080p just to monitor what you're doing. I think it would be fine. So they, I mean, they're not 4K or they're not 2K or they're not any of those. It's I'd have to look at the spec. I didn't look at the spec. It's uh, it's only got four gigs of memory, which for I mean that's going to be better than an integrated, you know, graphics on like a current mm-hmm. Intel card, right? So you got that going yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, and it also um has the AV1 encoding on it as well, so you can do that some advanced it. video piece, you know, work with this card that you're not going to be able to get out of other components. So yeah, I mean, I think these are would be a pretty nice deal um, for 110 bucks. Yeah, 
yeah, Black Friday, you might find them for 89, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. type deal. I, I, I don't know. Well, like Bob, you said, there are they making that card just for, for an OEM? Can you buy it? Can, yeah. So it was a, the card was, had been out and it's okay. been available, but it was only available for OEMs. But then Sparkle is making it available to anybody. So yeah. you could just yeah. buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that may be one of those. I, again, this, with this audience, we do a little more, there's maybe some more gaming, but maybe that nice sweet spot where again, Ryan, to what you said, where, Hey, I don't want to use the integrated stuff. Uh, I can throw a hundred dollar card in there and still get yep. some pretty good performance for gigs. And again, you're not taking performance away from the CPU at the same time, right. which is yeah. always a plus. Yeah, no, right on. While we're talking about graphics cards, um, and this isn't a new thing, so we probably won't spend a ton of time, but I saw this this uh, headline on your site that it looks like Newegg is introducing a graphics card trade-in program. That seems like... It seems like I can find used graphics cards on Newegg and Amazon in the past. What's Bob? What's you wrote this article? What's different about this program, maybe than what's? It's been pretty much the same. Um, it is nice that if, say, I want to buy a new graphics card and I have an older card in my system, I can put put in the details on my graphics card, and it will give me an offer. Um, sort of like Carvana, I guess. It's kind of like the same type of thing, which is kind of nice. So if you're in the market for a new graphics card, you can be like, okay, how much will they give me for my old card? Um, and the, the process seems pretty easy. Basically, they give you an offer. Um, you don't get that you don't get that taken off of your order. So like if your new card is say like $849, you'll get you pay $849. They ship you um I don't know if they ship you the box or they just give you the label. Um, you know, they'll give you they'll give you a label that you print out and you send your graphics card back. They inspect it and say they'll give you 350 bucks for the card. That will go back on your original purchase uh, medium. I believe you might be able to select like if you want it as a gift card or something too, but it would just like go back on your credit card or your debit card. So the process seems pretty pretty easy it, to do it follows the same phone model right it's an, now where they're they're charging you the full price and then the the once they receive the product then the credit it, then it comes off yeah. And, yeah yeah so um so yeah it seems pretty easy um if anybody would do it i think it would be new egg just makes sense um and i think they're more pc focused than say amazon would be so they you know because it's not like they have to inspect the card. They probably have to install the card in the system, make sure it runs and all of that. So, and the thing that's nice too, is if they say, you know, your card's bad or whatever, they'll just send it, they'll send it back to you. So yeah, yeah. there's no like he said, she said type stuff. Right. Like you yeah. get it, you get it back. Sorry. Yeah. You, you yeah. would think by now, right. That you could, that you could run a little client, you know, is part of the trade in process. You would, run a little client that might test that card out as opposed to them having to bring it in. I mean, there would still be that check, but it seems to me. Yeah, I guess. Could, I mean, but I could like test the, I could yeah, test my true. buddies 3090, you know, or whatever it may be, and then send them back like a 1050 TI. Yeah. Well, all yeah. those cards have serial numbers, right? I mean, they're, that are yeah. embedded in the. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like there would be a smarter way on these trade-ins at least from a value perspective initially, like 
test that thing before, especially with all these, and it's probably not as prevalent as it used to be, but with all these miners just yep. driving these cards into the ground, you would think there would be a software test they could run first before the user even sends it in to be like, yeah. okay, how worn out is this card? <laughs> like, is all the memory functioning? And then at that point, a kind of a yay or nay, we're still going to check it, but maybe eliminate those really bad cards that are, that are, because yeah, you're going to listen, you're going to have people going to try to cheat anyways. You're still going to have to physically oh, yeah. check the card, right? Yeah. You know, so um, one, I've signed up for like all these alerts, slick deals and honey and some of the, kind of those, those like what on honey, when I set a price alert for a product, sometimes I get the price alert on the product at new egg. That's the used version of it. Mm. So it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, we've been tracking. You have to be careful. We've been tracking when we were building the PC, when you guys helped me build that, I put up a bunch of price alerts as things were going on. And I still, I still get those from time to time. Right. And so I, they're like, oh yeah, this graphics card two ninety nine. So you click on it, you got to make sure if you land on Newegg, it'll say they they don't try to, you know, they don't try to lie to you. It's very clear this is a used card, right? But you got to be careful because that that price can look pretty, you know, pretty good. And then if you click it, no, kind of know what you're getting. Do you think, Bob? Do you think used graphics cards are more or less a better deal. I don't know how to say this right than they were maybe two years ago during the crypto craze. Would you be any more comfortable buying a used graphics card today? than I always, when it comes to graphics card, I mean, you optimally want to buy a brand new one just because nobody's used it. And even these used ones, I mean, you really don't know what they've been through per se. Um, you know, crypto cards, you can kind of tell a little bit if you dig down and you can kind of see. Um, but regular gaming cards, you don't know what they've been through. You know, if you're buying it from somebody like Newegg, you would trust it a little bit more because they've obviously taken it in and tested it. Um, I, I don't I, I would depending on how much you're saving, I think that's where it comes down to. Right. If If it's like a. $50 difference. I don't think that's, I would rather get the new card um, than say 50 bucks. Yeah. Right. But if it's, you know, you're looking at something like a 30 or 40, 80, 40, 90, and you're going to save five, $600, then it could be worth it at that point okay. for a lot of people. Cause that five, $600 can go a lot, can go a long way towards different upgrades that you could do or just saving you money in general. So um, yeah, it kind of comes down to how much am I saving by buying the used one? Mm -hmm. Ryan, any thoughts? So not necessarily with GPUs, but I was looking at this, you know, I ran into the same thing of, oh, I'm looking to build this other small form factor system using a GPU or a CPU that isn't a current model. So I'm I'm looking for an older motherboard and I came across this at Newegg and found one a price discrepancy between one vendor and then Newegg. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to buy it from Newegg because it's, like two thirds the price. And then I saw, Oh, it's refreshed. But I got to thinking for, for this use case, it's not my main rig. It's going to be off to the side. It's going to be my new home server. And I just need a motherboard for it. So maybe if it's that sort of a purchase for me, I'm much more willing to go with that refreshed, refurbished, reconditioned, however you want to put it part for my build. But if I'm going with 
you know, this is my day to daily use, you know, I need it to be reliable and I want the best performance out of it. Unless that savings is really good, I'm going to go with a brand new one as well. Both of you are fairly confident that Newegg is actually testing these things. And yeah. I, yeah, Bob, Bob, are you like, <sighs> I don't think they would take the risk of, you don't think so? yeah, that's pretty risky. Say again, a, a decently high end card that that's, you know, say even last generation, like a 3090, which they're maybe they're giving somebody five, six hundred dollars for, they're mm-hmm. not going to not test mm-hmm. something like that. I just don't yeah. see them not testing it. Yeah, well, I wasn't thinking about not testing about it, but but I was thinking as many as many cards as they had maybe coming in that And I I don't think I also don't think that this program's going to be that massive. I think yeah. a lot of people will be able to get more money out of their card selling it on eBay or like Facebook Marketplace, they'll probably get more money. It's like going to a uh, was that GameStop, you know, and you have yeah. your games and they're like, oh, we'll give you a dollar for it. I mean, it's not it's obviously not that bad. Right. right? They're not yeah. going to give you like 10 bucks for a 3080. Yeah. But yeah. it's I, I think most people will probably get more money selling it to a buddy or, you know, just like Facebook Marketplace or something like that. Yeah. I worked at Computer Renaissance during the very tail end of where you could buy and sell used computers for the most part that. AOL ruined that market by giving mm-hmm. away free computers, right? That we yeah. went through that two-year period where if you bought a subscription online, you could get a free computer. You guys were like seven when that when we were doing that. <laughs> but but we went through that period. Um I, I you know, you kind of you gotta kinda wonder, yeah, you gotta kinda wonder, like I, I don't know. I always it gets me thinking. I see those prices, Ryan. I'm like, you, yeah, I see those prices and I'm like, oh, oh. And it just you know, it makes me, I could have bought, it was the same. We were talking about the laptop, just them cracking it open and putting more memory in and closing it, testing it and closing it back up. And I was kind of like, Oh, I don't it's tainted. know. I kind of want it new. <laughs> yeah. You know? I kind of want it new. I, I typically, I mean, there's not many things that I've bought, especially lately, like used, you know, my, my, like my first car was a used car. Yeah. My first digital camera, I bought it used because I didn't have money at the time. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the margins that you're saving typically, especially when it comes to tech products, it's not right. enough for me to be like, am I going to take the risk? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's always, I yeah, it's always one of those things. I, I, there's folks who buy used, get great deals, live and die, buy it. They, they and they may they may buy it and then flip it. Uyghur was good at this at buying mm-hmm. these, he flipping was. them for more than he bought it. You know, selling it used again for more than he bought it for finding the right buyer. So certainly a certainly a place a time and a place. I'm with you. I I struggle with it. I just if I can buy new, I think I'm in the same boat. I want to. Um, one one gadget I want you talk about bob you wrote about this uh just recently let me bring this up as well um which i think is kind of interesting because i've never heard of these guys before but this mountain display and and uh and macro pad review that you did on this are these like elgato like devices yeah very much the same i don't i don't know if i can pull this i have it plugged in but i have the display pad here let me let um, me do full screen yeah so basically it's a little keypad 
that has little screens in it and these screens are buttons. So as you can see, I have them for shortcuts, like all my Adobe programs, uh, Firefox, Chrome. I have like my FTP clients, some game stuff, Spotify, and it's really cool. It's just like, a, you know, I can quick launch any program with this, which is really cool. But on top of that, you know, they can do it's you can customize these to do whatever you want them to do. So I just have them to like launch programs, but you can also have them to do things within like, like we're on a live stream, like, you know, put something up on the screen or change different things. Or if you're playing games, you can make it do a macro, which is a bunch of keystrokes at once. Um, you can do a bunch of things with it. They're really cool. It looks, it looks super cool sitting on my desk, um, but it is functional as well, which is the best thing. Um, you know, it, it is cool to get stuff that looks cool on the desk, but it's incredibly functional. Um, and it's just a great little gadget to have if you're into something like that. Uh, the micro, is it the micro that has then the, the actual buttons? Yeah. So there's, so this is the display pad, obviously, because it has like displays for the keys, but the macro pad is just like a keyboard. So it's 12 keys, like two rows of six, uh, they're mechanical key switches. Like you would find in like a gaming keyboard, um, and there's no, you know, you have to program them. So it's they're just M1 through 12. And you, again, same thing. You can program them to do whatever you'd like. The software is really easy to use. Um, and yeah, it's just a nice little thing, especially because like, I, I mean, I, my keyboard's all right size, but a lot of people use the smaller 60%, 65%, even 75%. And if you're, uh, I always say like Ryan playing like a, an MMO where you need a lot of macros and other buttons, it's a nice little add-on to have, which is really nice. Um, and they're really well made. Yeah, I, I like I said, I really like both of them if you're looking for something like that. And then even like Ryan, Ryan has the uh, yep. Elgato uh, stream deck. The stream deck, it's very yeah. similar product, same thing. Um, and there's a bunch of companies that make these different ones, but these ones from Mountain I do like a lot. Um, Pr- price wise, is is this same similar price as the Elgato? It's lower price. How okay. many keys are on yours, Ryan? Uh, fifteen. So mine's three rows of five. Okay, so this has two rows of more. six. Uh, so he gets a couple more keys, but this is significantly less expensive. But the thing with the Elgato, which makes it a little bit better. It all depends on your use case, but like the Elgato has a bunch of plugins for a ton of different applications mm-hmm. where this, they have like stuff built in for like editing programs and YouTube and Twitch and things like that. But the library of actions and things you can do is a lot higher on the Elgato. So mm-hmm. the, that's the difference. But I, I do for, for me, like I don't need all of those plugins per se. Like, yeah. It has all the stuff that I need to launch programs. And I do have an editing tab set up that has all of my like editing stuff for editing videos and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So um works pretty well. Our church uses them. They, you can, if you go back to the tech area, they've got three or four of them lit oh, up nice. for all the various camera shots and lighting and some of those kinds of things to be able to do those easily. Ryan, did you look at this? And if you were, because you have a do you have a stream deck is that yeah. what, the elgato yep. stream deck would you stick with what if price if, if you were buying again would you consider a cheaper one that may not have as many functions so the thing i like about the elgato and bob kind of hinted at this was their you know their plugins piece but uh corsair has been good about this elgato was a separate company Cor- elgato is owned by corsair now right so 
there's this whole ecosystem of products and integrations where if you're kind of, you've decided on Corsair and Elgato as your ecosystem, like my two lights that I have here are Elgato lights. And so I've got very easy integration to the stream deck. So if I just pop this button and I turn off my lights real quick and then I pop them back on, right? There's all these integrations for all of their components. My microphone here is an Elgato microphone. So I can adjust, you know, when I'm streaming. So it's, I would probably personally stick with Elgato and Corsair's ecosystem because I've, you know, bought into that and I'm so, I guess, you know, sunk cost into that ecosystem that to change to something else would, you know, just fragment my setup. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, I'm assuming they sent one for you for review and you're going to probably hold on to it for a while. Is that something that'll remain as part of your kind of office setup? I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I, yeah, since you, it's, you start using it like on a day-to-day basis. And then instead of sitting down and, you know, going down to the taskbar and hitting on, you know, Chrome, I just hit the button here and it launches. It's just, it's, it's a very satisfying feeling too, just like to hit the button instead of, you know, uh, hitting you know, hitting the mouse is just yeah, yeah it just makes it easier. So yeah, and it looks cool. The the little screens do look like at least in the one that I have, they look really cool. And you put animations on them. Yeah, yeah you can do a bunch cool of different stuff. Um, so yeah, it adds to the setup, which is nice. But it is like the function. If it wasn't functional, I don't think I'd have it sitting on my desk. But it's very functional. So this is you. I think you've got some pictures. I'll leave the link to the review in the show notes for folks if they want to go look at it. But. Uh, what I'm showing on screen right now, I'm assuming assuming this is the software setup for it, yeah. and you kind of have complete control. Is it? You know, I have this saying that sometimes options equal confusion. When you when you can configure everything, you actually configure nothing because it's too it's too hard. D- where does this land in in that in that space? Of, is it easy? It's enough very to, easy. Know? So Mountain is a is a relatively new company. Um, we were, they, we, they make, uh, mice and keyboards as well. And they use the same software for everything. Very easy to use. Very, like very, it's not just like you said, like if it's super in depth and super crazy, it's hard to really configure as a, like say a beginner where this, you can get into the super crazy and everything like that. But if you just want like basic functions, very easy and simple to do. It's not hard. Joe says in chat. I'm reminded of when keyboards had web shortcuts. I don't, there used yeah. to be a day, right? You get these big giant the keyboards. Bar. The top bar would have all these buttons that you could program to, to email home. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It is, it is kind of a reminder of that. I, you know, built home automation using home assistant and I've got a surface. I have my surface pro three that is kind of become just the dashboard. It just runs the dashboard for it. So all the lights and stuff, this seems like, computer automate like a home automation dashboard for your computer in some ways these have been around these aren't new these have been around elgato has been around i don't know ryan how long do you think you've had your stream deck a couple three years or more, right? three or yeah, more yeah, years yeah. probably yeah but it is one of those kinds of things where you start thinking we have enough things going on on screen now that are fairly complicated that can be put in some kind of you know some kind of um, formula, some kind of something, right? A, a macro, right? That's the word I was looking for. Macro that uh, may be super convenient to be able. Well, the to, thing is, too, you know, is especially the stream deck. I mean, that's why it's called that, is because if you're streaming, you know, Ryan's streaming or I'm streaming or we're doing a game stream, I don't want to have to minimize my game to adjust something or 
change something, I can just click right here and it, it keeps me engaged either with my audience or with the game I'm playing. Um, yeah, it just makes it so much easier, especially, you know, for a lot of things, it, it keeps you engaged with whatever you're doing. Yeah. Well, and I, it doesn't, I, I guess I was trying to get to the point of it doesn't have to necessarily be gaming anymore either. I've no. got some processes at work that I'm doing now on a fairly regular basis that are fairly repetitive where that stream deck would be nice to be able to just go boom, boom, boom. It brings up these exact yeah. things that I need. Right. And then I can go right to, I can kind of go right to work on them. And you kind of, you kind of think, Jim, that's, it saves you like seven seconds, <laughs> you know, of clicking. But but if you think that seven yeah. seconds over a year of time, I right. think it saves you. Right. Yeah. 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 But it, it is nice. Cause you like, just like you said, I mean, you could have just one key, maybe go into like a certain environment. You could have it set up to do a macro to go into a certain environment, open certain things up on the screen, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and you'd be good to go. Yeah. I, I open an attachment from an email. Then I open the same uh, form to compare the two and I do some, you know, then I, then it, I do some work and then close those out the fairly repetitive tasks, but they would be nice to have like click that button. It just, it just opens up or, it opens up a browser with already predetermined tabs that yeah. are ready that are ready to go. Yeah, right. you can do that with this. Yeah. Ryan, anything else you'd add to that? No, they're very handy. I mean, I use it every, you know, Wednesday and then like multiple times throughout the week, depending on what I'm what yeah. I'm doing here. Bob, what was the retail on this on this? Um it's in the review. Remember? I believe the let me see. The display pad is more expensive because you have the the display Screen, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. so display pad is 79.99 the macro pad is 39.99 i would say the better deal is the display pad um just oh. because it has the screens and if you compare it to the price of the stream deck which is what 150 right uh, at least yeah yeah so pretty substantial difference in price compared to the elgato um so Again, it, it all depends on your use case, but I think that if you're looking at the two and you don't need as many options, you're mainly just looking for shortcuts or macros, I think DisplayPad is a great, great option. Okay. Well, it's it, it's another option. Are there others? Have you seen others like this? I thought Elgato kind of had the the Stream Deck. had. There the are others. Them. They're not as popular, right. um, but there are others out there that make similar. There's a, one called Loop Deck, which didn't Logitech just buy them? I think, I think so. Yeah. There was and one they called, had, you know, some different controls, not just buttons, but sliders and, and knobs. Uh, yeah. A big knob. Yeah. Knob. And yeah, there's a bunch of, and there's like a lot of custom ones because custom keyboards are really big. So there are some like smaller companies making like very customized ones and, and things like that. But I would say, yeah, I mean, Elgato is probably the biggest one that's out there and the stream deck. Yeah. 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 Before I saw that, I was like, somebody else is doing this. I, Elgato has such a hold on that. Well, and in in good in some ways because you mentioned the integrations to them. When you're a leader in the market, you get more software development. You get more people yeah. writing things. Ryan, is that fairly? Is there an open source community for that where you can, where there's open but people writing things that you can use from a macro standpoint or from a integration standpoint, or is it all closed? It's more closed off, at least from my. Um, yeah. experience like with a store or something there's, like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I pulled it open. There's so there's like a, a whole store with like 
a discover tab and plugins and icon sets, right? So there are some of those things. And and there are people that do these, you know, um, there's Spotify integration and it's not necessarily done by Spotify, but this other uh, yeah, person or audio mute options and things like that. So there's, yeah, third party pieces, you know, there's a whole section in here, smart home, productivity, lighting, engagement, developer tools. So the list goes on and on for what you can do with these. Well, then you, all of a sudden you're making a decision. Do I want the home automation on my, you know, on my smart, on my touch screen so I can do it there? Or do I have it on the Elgato so I do it yeah. there? Could I do it on both? You know, and it's, you get, you know, again, options equal confusion. And sometimes then you're like, okay, where did I put that thing? <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but as I've been doing more and more home automation, I've written or I've put home automation routines into things and then when you need to change them you're like uh what did i do that in the app did i do that <laughs> in, this running <laughs> did, did the did i do it on the a lady app but is it is a google thing doing it is yeah. there right you start you almost need to keep like a spreadsheet of all your yes. all the lighting functions and and how you set that stuff so yeah it can yeah. be can be a little crazy Guys, as we wrap it up, Bob, I want to ask you, as you think, we, we kind of mentioned, you know, hey, Black Friday's coming up, Christmas is coming up. As you think about from a site at thinkcomputers.org, what are you excited about? You got any any reviews coming that, that you're... Well, we, you're we, were, we were talking about the, uh, the upcoming CPUs, so we'll yeah. have some okay. stuff on that. Yeah. And with that, a, a bunch of companies are like re, re, sort of relaunching some of their motherboards. So we'll have some of that stuff coming up. Um, if you're into that, we have a lot, I have a lot of products into review, um, a lot of some new cases and some other things like that, that are coming up too. Um, really awesome case that I'm just finishing. Um, it's right there. It's huge. It's like, it's, if you're like an old school person, want a ton of storage and ton of options, this is a great case. And, um, I'm going to write it. I'm, I'm almost done writing it, but, uh, I'm going to write in a review. They don't, they, they used to make them like this. They don't make them like this anymore. So it's a really, it's a really great case from be quiet. Um, so that's going to be on the site next week. So that, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, as I said, the, all the big launches minus the 14th gen stuff that's coming out, um, all of that stuff, it, it's over till next year for the most part. So as far as like being incredibly excited about stuff, it's, it's just kind of here, there, little things, but mm -hmm. we, we always have good stuff coming up the holidays. Um, lots of great products. And as Ryan said too, lots of availability. So if you are somebody who's looking to build a new system, it's the perfect time because you don't have to worry about, Oh, are they going to really release the next thing next month or, you know, none of that stuff's happening. So this is the perfect time. Um, so if you buy, you know, either Intel or Ryzen, it's going to be current. And if you buy AMD or Intel on the, on the graphics card side, it's going to be current for a, for a while. You're not going to see a new card just come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And you know, you're not going to be like, Oh, I should have waited to get that. It's not going to happen. So one of the things you guys do that I, I think is one of my favorite things. And I think folks that listen to this show would like is case mod Friday, right? Is yeah. that, do oh, I get yeah. that right? And how, what's the best way? Like it, can I, can I, how do I get, how do I go to see the, or what's the best way to be alerted when you, when it's you just, put that it's, out? It's every Friday. Just, just check check to, the check, check the website <laughs> every Friday. If you go if you go on the site and at the top there's the menu that says articles and then if you just you, like you hover over articles and then go down to Case Mod Friday, it's right there. And 
I mean, we've been doing case there's hundreds Friday. of them. Yeah, there's hundreds. So you can just scroll through for hours um, looking at these case mods. And, New and one tomorrow. Like yeah, we have one coming up tomorrow that will be on the site. So, um, and that's the one we featured this past week. Um, a guy who uh, built a custom desk for his PC, water cooled, um, lot like a live edge desk that he has done, and yeah, just really cool stuff. And we try to feature a bunch of different people who are like in the modding community, and just to you know give them a shout out, and obviously just check out really cool work by you know by people as well. So. Uh, it's the thing we started. I don't know how long ago we started. Probably at, at least five years ago, Ryan. Oh yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, uh, we've done we've done for a hundreds. very long time. Um, so yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're cool. They're, I would never do this, but I because I just don't have that <laughs> kind of talent or patience to be able to go through and and. You guys uh, don't give yourselves enough credit. I think. Uh, I it's just I'm on the, I'm in the same boat. I I built this. PC, which is not water cooled. It looks kind of cool, but it is liquid yeah. cooled. It's but it's an all in oh, well, one. Yeah, it's all in one. It's not uh, custom water cooling. I, I leave that to Ryan. Um, yeah. mainly just for the downtime. I I like I don't like to have a lot of downtime. I have a lot of work to do and, and yeah. things to get done. Yeah. Eventually, well, maybe maybe, but but yeah, it's really it's really great to be able to just you know showcase uh, what's possible with a PC. And, and I think for a lot of people, it gives them like inspiration like they were thinking about maybe building in a certain case or they wanted to do something custom they can go to our case mod friday section and just see what people are doing these days with pc components yeah yeah and it's, it's super cool ryan do you have a you have a favor have you seen something recently where you went man that's super cool i do that mm. recently no i mean i'm I've, i like the simple builds i don't like theme type builds that is what i kind of call them sometimes there's a theme build where it's like you know a game that's coming out so a builder's been hired by the game company to do a build that goes along with it i like the clean builds that one's pretty nice yeah yeah this pro art build yeah like Uh, that is amazing this is our buddy Stuart at ggf um so he has every time we feature one of his they're amazing it's and it's it's funny because there's a lot of really nice custom water cooling here he's got this mono block here that's cooling his cpu but you can see here there's no tubing connections from the front it's using their new stealth tubing uh-huh. so there's actually connections that go through the back and uh uh get that let's liquid to can, it you know let's see. do they did you guys have pictures of the back i don't uh, think i, I don't I, think so yeah no. i don't think yeah uh, but, but it uses the holes in your motherboard uh as you're in you know input yeah. and output yeah. uh but the the gpus are not liquid cooled right a lot of times when you're liquid cooling a system it's it's all those components that are putting off the heat but right. in this build chose to go with air cooled uh pro series graphics cards but just the color schemes that people put together the custom cutouts there for those screens behind that gold mm-hmm. metal mm-hmm. you know showing the stats of the system at the moment uh, just really awesome yeah i mean we featured oh. we showed a case yesterday from ek that they released or are releasing and they're only doing how 700 of them is that right and 77 2600 dollars for the case alone yeah just just the case just the case it's all milled aluminum it's really nice looking yeah uh all the there's some cable management channels that have been milled with like a ball head and just it's very nice um and our buddy dave apparently has one that he's doing a build in. I found out. Oh, uh, nice. so it's, nice. uh, well, 
I just like dust would ruin it for me. Like they're (laughs) so beautiful, right? I would want to put them inside another case. Yeah. Just so they never you just got gotta clean. You got to clean your PC out every every week. That's all. You you guys yeah. also from time to time. Uh, the, I see this on Facebook. I think mostly Bob. I think if is this you <laughs> posting the disaster cases? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we post like some funny stuff on our social media, like really just people who haven't cleaned their PC in a while, or people a who, long while. Yeah, who their you know their side panel has glass panel has broken into pieces. Yeah. So we're on like. Facebook and you can see it on Twitter as well or X as they call it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We post those funny pictures and things like that. We just find those online. Yeah. Thinkcomputers.org. Check it out. The links to the Facebook group. You should definitely join them on Facebook and just follow. I think you post at least one of those a week, maybe more. We try to, I try to post one a day. It's just hard to find them sometimes. Yeah. And they kind of like rotate. So like we'll post something maybe gaming related, one day but then the next day it will be like something funny um i just see the yeah. dirty i see the dirty computers and yeah. it is it's one of those you know i like to take when the computer gets really dusty i just take it to the garage and turn on the leaf back and then yeah hit it and that dust yeah. just goes Woof. i do need to clean out mine. I, I can like because it's all white case like you can i can see some dust in there i need to yeah. clean it out yeah it's yeah there's something there's something i don't know something uh soothing about watching that dust just go Woof. And yeah. blow it away, then yeah. wipe some things down and get it clean. Well, you can check all that out if you haven't done it yet. And I, if you've been listening to us for a while and you're not listening to the podcast, check it out. Get subscribed. Thinkcomputers.org and uh, get it in your player. And when you've got some extra time, uh, listen to these guys. Because this is kind of the talk. You're a little more detailed yeah. probably on your show than when we have you here. But I like to kind of keep it high level and light. So uh, appreciate what you guys do over there and you're live, right? On Wednesdays, you're, you're yes. you yeah, to be Wednesdays live? at five 30 um, yep. Pacific okay. eight 30. Uh, so, or wait, no, yeah. eight 30 Eastern. Okay. Yeah. Ryan always messes me up cause he's not <laughs> seven 30 central. He's central. He's yeah. with me. He's just, yeah, you guys are in the central, yeah. just south of me. Ryan, as close as you live, we should probably see each other a little more often. Well, yeah, just I mean, the once so far. So I know, I know. I'm headed that way. I'll be in Kansas City tomorrow. So oh, but, all right. But you're another hour? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Two okay. and a half. Yeah. Okay. It's just enough, but we should probably see each other. Is, well, yeah. Bob you can Ryan. See Uger, maybe. Or no, you yeah. see Uyghur in a lot. I never right. see Uyghur anymore. Not he, anymore. He, he, he's yeah, a busy he's, man. He's too busy for me. You know, he just, <laughs> he wrote me off. He's just like, whatever. I'm jealous. You guys are still friends. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so far, you know, one of these times I just, you know, <laughs> Ryan's going to get sick of me. One of these things. Well, so, yeah. Bob, the good news is Ryan's had his kids and they're old enough now that he knows what he needs to do. Uyghur's in that magic spot where the kids yeah. are super needy and he's, you know, he's trying to be the perfect dad, whatever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Right. So, um, uh, he's no, he's doing a good job. I, I follow him on Facebook all the time. I stalk him on Facebook all the time and he's doing well. I do ping him from time to time. Hey, you want to come join me for some shows? And he always goes, no. <laughs> so no. you should, uh, we should next time we come on, he should come on and be yeah, like a big reunion. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. I'll, know. I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can snag him. Uh, we'll have to peer pressure him to come back on. No, for sure. You, you guys doing CES? Should we do a, yep. should we plan a post CES again? Maybe we can, do a post CES with you guys and I can get weaker to come back. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. We'll be there. We'll work on it. Well, on our way out, if you guys can hang tight for one second, 
on our way out, just a reminder, we're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Lots of content available for you. I think I've got some shows. Uh, Dave McCabe uh, is actually coming next week. We're going to catch up with him, seeing what's going on there. And then I've got two vendors. I don't know if that's what we call them, but I've got two companies coming uh, to spend some time talking about the the technology. I, I got away from that for a while. And then recently I've been having folks reach out to me and say, hey, we'd like to get so-and-so from this place on. Are you willing to talk to them? And I'm like, yeah, I need a friend. So why don't you? Uyghur <laughs> oh, left me. And uh, and so we've got um, a guy from Smart Rent coming on talking about using smart technologies for landlords, how they can use that, not in a creepy way, but how they can use that to help manage their rental property and some of those things. And then um, some guys coming in from Detached Reset Solar. This is kind of interesting because we're far enough along on the solar journey that solar panels, we, we have panels out there that need, already need to be replaced, right? Or you're having work roof work done, or you need them cleaned, or you need them repaired. And these guys are talking about all, okay, now we're far enough along. How do you reset these? How do you refresh them? How do you, if you're going to take them down to do some roof work, how do you do that? Everything to this point has been installs, but now we have to think about maintenance kind of going forward. So I got a couple guys, Hunter and Hong, coming up to talk about that here in a couple weeks. Uh, for those of you guys who joined us live, uh, uh, Joe, John, uh, I saw Brian out there. Jay was jumping in. Uh, Katie J a little bit earlier. Tony, uh, thanks for coming out and joining us. We'll be live again. Did I say next week? Yeah, Dave McCabe next week. Thanks for coming out. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.